Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 351. Today's conversation is all about finding your joy, and I've brought to you the Joy Slinger. Welcome to today's interview. I've brought on Erin McCullough. Erin, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know we've chatted for a little bit, but please give listeners a, uh, your background. Where do you live and what do you do? Well, I live in Portland, Oregon now. I've been here for a couple of years and um, I refer to myself as the joy slinger. I show people how to find and cultivate their joy daily so that they can live in joy and enjoy their lives now. And that's, I imagine, have you seen the movie, hold on, the Disney movie, crap, I'm drawing a blank. It was the most (laughs) recent Disney movie. Oh, Heather, come on. Mulan? No. It's the guy, crap. Well, the point of the movie is the motto, um, it's called Soul. There it is. It took me. Oh, yeah, I have seen that, yeah. And the whole motto, if you get to the end of that movie, Soul, is joy. That is our purpose. Yes. Because people are out there seeking, what's my purpose? What's my passion? What am I meant to be doing? Living in joy. So I definitely want to get into that uh, later. But before we go there, please give a background that you were living the American dream. You had attained everything that's supposed to make us happy. And I'd love for you to share your journey to let others know that I love it. Uh, Jim Carrey says, you know, I wish everyone could be a movie star and have a million dollars to make you realize it's not what'll make you happy. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I was talking to a friend the other day and uh, we both had taken the seminar and that guy who was facilitating the seminar said, you want to know what it feels like to be a millionaire? And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, I want to know what it feels like. Okay. Close your eyes. He was like, that's what it feels like. It feels the same. You're still there. So if you haven't done the work on yourself, like it's still you, the money doesn't do anything except for a lot of people, it creates a lot more issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying I'm all about abundance, hundred percent, like get all the things, have all the things. It's the recognition of knowing that those aren't the things that are going to bring fulfillment, meaning, and purpose in your life. Mm. We're here for spiritual development. We are here to grow as humans and to heal and grow from those things that have happened in our lives. It's not the story. It's what we decided about the story. That's what we're working on in this lifetime right now. That's the, that's the sweet spot. That's what we're after here. And that when we recognize that and can learn processes or strategies to figuring out how to do that, that is how we heal and grow and enjoy this life is when we start to discover there's other things going on behind the scenes that we can um, experience in a way that isn't so traumatic and go through versus going around or tamping down, which is a lot of what we spend our time doing. Well, and 
if you want to share as much as you want, but what is your backstory and your journey to have gotten to where you are? Cause we all have that. hundred percent. Yeah. So that story, it really started or started to culminate around an anxiety disorder that I created through, um, talk therapy. And it was the over and over talking about trauma that happened in my life that created this experience of um, anxiety where I was having panic attacks to the point where I hold myself up for about eight or nine months in my home, uh, unable to leave except to go to the grocery store and to a counselor. And through that narrowing of that experience, I was able to get some relief on the chemistry side of things through a homeopathic psychiatrist. But it took me another decade to recognize that there was a better life to lead. Um, And it happened through, I had an experience where I was frantic, um, which was sort of my normal state of being. And I, I thought, you know, why don't I, you know, try and find a way to be different? I had, um, so in this state of being frantic and stressed out, I Uh, was going to help a client. And I raced over to a friend's house and I backed into her driveway and I sideswiped my car and her husband's truck. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com and take the free life assessment. This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com, and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. When I came back later to retrieve my daughter who I'd left at her house, my friend told me that her husband was under the truck that I had sideswiped and that he thought he was going to die. He thought the truck was going to land on him. And uh, when we have experiences like that and they rock us to our core, those crises is unfortunately the thing that brings us to like, there must be a better way to this life. Like there must be. And so I did get to that place. I was like, there must be a better way, you know, running around stressed out and frantic and an anxiety all the time is not the way. Um, And so I started to do what most people do, you know, seeking information, going to seminars, um, started that self-development path. And I started to learn that there was a better way Um, and, and started to enact some things. So it started to feel a little bit better. Um, However, a few years after that, I recognized that through a divorce that, um, I didn't have any actual strategies like to actually, you know, changing how I was feeling. Like I was in a dark place and I just couldn't figure out how to get out of it. And um, so I started reading this book uh, that you know quite well. I know it less well, but um, A Course in Miracles. And through that, I discovered what the words were for me that spoke to me um, in terms of getting me out of that space. And I 
had this experience where I just kept seeing the word joy over and over and over again. Joy is the way. Joy is the answer. The path is joy. Joy, joy, joy. You know, and I just literally had a moment where I held my hands up in the air and just went, okay, I hear you, but I don't know what to do. How do I get to there? And then a series of things happened. Um, I was reintroduced to a gentleman that um, I'd met several years prior and uh, took a seminar of his. He taught a visualization process that um, was so profound to me that my life literally lined up all the things. My business that had been for sale went into a bidding war and sold within a couple of weeks. I met the love of my life and then I found my purpose and um, through learning under him and teaching his seminar, I recognize that I'm, my purpose here is to show people how to find their joy, their path, um, cultivate it daily and have that experience of enjoying their life now. And now you get to be this joy slinger, but I'd love for, I mean, you told me that, didn't you say you had like five houses and all the cars and, and yeah. you had a <laughs> booming business and you weren't, were you stressed out? You weren't happy? What was it? Um, I was a hundred percent miserable. The thing is, is I didn't even realize it. You know what I mean? It was like, it took the accident for me to go like, wait a minute, you know, cause prior to that moment, I probably would have said, yeah, I guess I'm pretty happy. You know, like here I am, I've got a successful business. I've, you know, got, um, you know, money, I've, you know, I've got flexibility, I've got houses, I've got a nice car, I've got, you know, all the things I was going overseas on trips with my daughter all the time. And, you know, I was just doing all the things. And yet, it was just never enough, you know, and that game, that external, we had talked about this difference between happiness and joy, happiness is seeking the external in order to feel good. Joy is going internal in order to um, heal and grow so that you can cultivate our true essence, like who we really are. See, I thought I was my thoughts and I thought I was my emotions. And so my experience was always this roller coaster ride of like, oh, what's going to happen today? Oh, this person, you know, did this and now I'm in reaction and this employee did that and my client called and complained and these things aren't working out all over the place and I'm in reaction, reaction, reaction. So it was just like up and down and up and down. And then I realized through um, teaching that, you know, I am separate from my thoughts. I am separate from my emotions and the only thing that I can control is actually that, my thoughts and my emotions. Everything else is free for all. Like I can't control people. I cannot control circumstances or outcomes. You know, we have this idea that we can do these things. Like there's this formula. It's like, if I do X, then Y will happen. And that formula like hardly ever works out, but we don't even stop and think like, that's, I said, it, I did this and this was supposed to be the outcome and that outcome didn't happen. How come we don't go back and go, how come we just, it's like part of that indoctrination in our um, society. You know, it's the same one that says, you know, success looks like lots of money and things. Right. And it's the same one that says, you're not going to feel good or happy or have arrived until you have a stack of cash and a nice car and a big house and right. all those things. And I got there and I had those things 
And I was miserable, but I didn't even know I was miserable. That's what's crazy. And so it's like, we just, we just buy in, you know what I mean? Oh, well, we're conditioned. That's what we know. But I have a question for you because you didn't even know you were, were you living life on autopilot? That's the term that came to mind. Okay. And don't you, well, my perception, my judgment, my observation is that most people, especially I used to do this before I left corporate, we're living life on autopilot. We're going through the motions. We're, we're getting up, cheering on Friday, dreading Monday, week in and week out. And it's the monotony because that's just what we know. Yeah. And that's the thing is we don't know different. That's why podcasts like this, these conversations are so important because there is joy to be had in this life right now in this very moment. I don't have all those things that I had before. And it's not that um, I don't need them anymore. (laughs) Like, I don't need, like, what do I need five houses for? I don't need five houses. I have a lovely car that gets me from A to B. I have wonderful relationships with people. And those are the things like, I don't think we get on our deathbed and we go like, yay, hooray. I wish I had, first of all, worked more hours, right? I wish I had amassed more cash. I wish I had amassed more things. Now we're on our deathbed going, I wish I had spent more time with my family and the people who I care about and had deeper, meaningful relationships with them. It's hard to have meaningful relationships if you don't have your act worked out. Like we think we have meaningful relationships with people. We think we're communicating in a way that is meaningful, but when you haven't healed yourself and you haven't created the growth in your life that you are meant to have, then those relationships lack too, because there's not a mutual ground in order to understand each other. If you don't recognize that there are things going on in the background that are running the show for you, which everybody has, these are beliefs that were created at a very young age and they are dictating how you're going to behave, what you're saying, how you see this world, the full like lens and filter in which you see everything and everybody. If you don't know that that's going on in the background, then you have no idea what's possible right over here which is a huge like world opens up for you when that's possible. And so looking at those things and having a process in which you can look at how this world is unfolding for you and be not in resistance to it. Like understand that like when I'm in reaction, that's mine to own. And how do I do that? And how do I heal from that so that I don't have to feel awful anymore? Like nobody's talking. I mean, people are talking about this thing, but not like uh, mass society, right? So having these conversations are so important because there is a better way. Mm-hmm. There is a better way. Well, and what I, a visual vision that came to me while you were talking about that is when we're living life on autopilot, we are tunnel visioned and we can only see in this very limited perspective where the truth is maybe when we start asking questions and listening to information and question our thoughts and beliefs, all of that can crumble and dissolve so we can see 360. Yeah. I just, I want to know from you, what seems to have changed for you is this whole visualization technique that you learned. Can you share with us what that is and, and what different things came for you? 
So I'll tell you, when I work with a client or even uh, when I teach a class, the very first thing we talk about is what is that story? You know, the story of all the wonderful things that happened in your life. No, it's a story about all the trauma, right? All the things I say, you know, what is your story? And this is an exercise that I have people do because um, I don't think most people don't recognize how attached they are to that story. Like how that story is uh, one of those things that sort of run in the show behind the scenes. (laughs) I just, I have to say, and that's when we, we say people have baggage or emotional baggage. You are literally, whether or not it's hand and, you know, carrying it, you are carrying it by being chained to your story, but go on. Yeah. hundred percent. That story. um, Here's what I'll say about that story. So the exercise is write out that story, all the things, all the wrongs, all the unfairness, all the judgment, all the you know, things you decided about yourself, you know, based on those, right? So you write out that story and then you tell that story out loud to yourself, right? You say it one more time and then you never tell it again. You're not allowed to speak it aloud to anybody again. You're not allowed to get into a relationship over it because we love to do that. It's like, oh, my dad was an alcoholic and abusive. Oh, me too. Yeah, let's make a relationship over that. No, let's not. (laughs) Let's not make a relationship over hurt, right? Make a relationship because you're beautiful humans and you want to be in relationship, but not over those things, right? And then we work on this piece of how is that still coming into my mind? What are the thoughts that are still attached to that story? Then that story goes away. Burn it, rip it up, throw it away, do whatever you want. Then we create that visualization piece, right? Where it's like, what is the new story that we want to create? That's a day in the life of all the things that we want, have ever wanted um, based on just, it's just the outcome, not the, how do I get there? Any of that stuff. And then we use that story that we've written out with all the feels, including every sense, you know, taste, feel, hear, smell, all the things, like get so into that story with all of the details. And then you use that story as your visualization every single morning. So you start in this day in the life of everything I ever wanted to create. And what we're looking for is an elevated emotional experience. Like when I am in my story in the morning, like I have tears of joy streaming down my face because like, everything I ever wanted, that's a pretty fantastic day. No, I mean, that's a great way to start the day. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yes. And this just happened. And yes. And that just happened. And that is so awesome. And I can't believe it. Oh my God. You know? Yeah. I just, sorry. I saw myself in the mirror and literally like, woohoo, woohoo. We're we're just like, (laughs) can you imagine waking up that day? And that's the kind of energy that you begin your day with, of course, you're going to have a great day. And even if challenges and obstacles come your way, which I, they're going to, right? We're humans. We're able to deal with them better, right? Well, and so that's the thing is when you can create an emotional state that feels super good, then you can keep creating it because we have memory in our body. When we get into that space that doesn't feel good or have a low level experience, like anything that doesn't feel good, right? Stress, anxiety, worry, overwhelm. We can stop when we have the emotional awareness, insert, you know, said emotional experience and then move on, you know, but when we don't do that, then we just do habit, 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 habit. Brain wants to do all the habit stuff. 
So it's just this disruption of the default setting that I am working on, working on, working on with people that in the process of how do we heal and grow and we heal and grow by experiencing these emotions, sitting in them, being okay with having them. So there's a quote from A Course in Miracles that I love, and, and I'm a big highlighter. I now read books and I highlight, but the course is more kind of like real thin paper, like a Bible. So I have to underline with a pen, <laughs> but the course says that we are much too tolerant of mind wandering. And what that means for me is it's so easy to trip up when we get triggered or to go down the rabbit hole. And I, at least now, trust me, I still go down the rabbit holes, but I catch myself so much more quicker and I can be in the moment and be like, Oh, I'm doing it again, rather than being stuck in the mind wandering, going down the, and, and creating anxiety and worry and fear and distress and all, all those other negative emotions. It's now what I call catch and replace. Oh, but give yourself grace. Like, oh, I did it again. It's okay. I'm human. Forgive and move on. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly what I'm talking about is like replacing, right? But you, yeah. it, the first piece is awareness. We have to understand that we are in emotional response all the time. Yes. And so when, I mean, obviously we can't catch every thought, um, we'll likely not catch every emotion. However, when you begin to practice looking at like, you know, being here now and going, oh, that's interesting. All of a sudden my voice is raised, right? This is a practice. It's not something that you can't go to the gym, work out once and be buff. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, yeah you got to keep practicing. And the, I mean, it, talk about baby steps. I mean, such a baby steps, right? And so we are so used to seeking out what hasn't happened, right? So what had like the scarcity, like, mm. you know, starting from a place of, you know, in the morning, like I didn't get enough sleep. I don't have enough time, right? All the things, right? That we have to catch ourselves. And rather than, you know, go down the litany of lists of all the things that we didn't do right or didn't get right, we've got to start training our brain to look at the things that we did accomplish, right? This is a very different way of looking at it. See, our society would have us believe that we have value based on what we can accomplish. You know, the certificates, the, you know, the successes, the grades, you know, I mean, it starts at a, like all this stuff starts way young. I mean, it starts with the little kid falls and scratches their knee on the pavement. And it's like, it's okay, honey, don't cry. I mean, it all is like all this stuff is starting at a very young age. And it's like, it's okay. The, the rhetoric should be, it's okay. Go ahead and cry. Like go ahead and have those emotions. emotions. Yeah. Be in that moment right then. I mean, kids don't have as hard a time because they don't have as much history as us adults, but the reality is, is the path out if nobody gets anything from this other than this very thing, the path out of your pain, which is your emotional experiences that don't feel good, is to go into the emotion and sit there and be okay with it over and over and over again until it no longer runs your life. Question on that. I love the quote, whatever, whatever you resist persists. So yeah, every time you oh, I don't want to feel anger and I don't want to feel whatever. Well, that ends up being that that can turn to cancer and tumors and whatever in the body because it has to go be pent up somewhere. 
quick question for you. I think it's so important to feel your emotions, but what about the people that feel them, but they sit in them and they marinate in them? So I think there's a difference in feeling them and releasing and moving on versus feeling and getting stuck. And now that's your story. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit, um, here's the thing. I think that's the fear is that we are going to be like mired in it and we'll wallow in it forever. Um, the thing is, is that anxiety, overwhelm, whatever you want to call that, you know, all those words is the same. It, it's, <laughs> it's the same as tamping down emotions. It's the go-to for some people. Like that's their go-to. It's not drugs or alcohol or shopping or sex or media or this busy schedule uh, thing that everybody likes to, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Yeah. It's like, that is not a badge of honor. I'm so sorry to tell you <laughs> like yeah. being busy is not joy because I guarantee if you're that busy, not all those things are bringing you joy. Mm -hmm. So the reality is, is some people that is their go-to while they are having an emotional experience, they've labeled it anxiety. Right. And so, and that's their way of not experiencing the emotions mm -hmm. because they've labeled it this anxiety thing, but they're not feeling the feel. When I say feel your emotions, I'm like, check in with your body. Like emotions often are up here now, right? They're all up here. This is separate. This is body. This is emotions. And so body, like in order to be in the present moment, you have to be inside your body. Mm -hmm. So when you feel anxiety like that and you think you're going to wallow in it, you won't. Because if you get into this present moment, it will only last for a very short period of time. And when I say get into your body, I'm talking about where does this emotion live? There is a hurt related to a physical part of your body. Maybe it's your gut. Usually it's gut, heart, or throat, right? Gut is intuition. Heart is love, heartbroken, whatever. Throat is, I don't have a voice. I'm not being heard, right? All these emotions from the past are sitting in our body somewhere. So I'm, I'm asking you, not to go into anxiety. I'm asking you to go inside and go, where are you in my body? What does this actually feel like? Mm -hmm. And stay there until it goes away. It's a bit like, even like this crying thing, like sometimes you'll have like something happen and you'll cry. You go, oh, I feel better because I cried. Yes. That is tamping down still because half the time we're like trying to not cry, right? Like, oh my God, I don't want to cry. It's inappropriate right now. I can't do this. I tell all my clients, do have all the feelings. And if people question you or look at you funny, just tell them that's your thing right now. It'll be over in a minute. They can just wait and, and I'll be done. I promise. Yeah. And then we'll get back to whatever we're doing. And it, you know, like I said, it's from that young age. It's okay, honey. Don't cry. All of that. Like you said, tamping down, it lives on a cellular level. If you do not let these emotions out, they will become cancer. They will become disease. There is no doubt in my mind. And anxiety and this overwhelm and this, you know, sort of badge of honor to be super busy, that is all the same thing. It's just the cancer of this <laughs> instead of the body, right? right? Yeah. Well, and what that makes me think of is when we feel the feelings, that's sitting in the darkness. But when we actually go and feel them, we're turning on the light. We're releasing the darkness. It, it has an it can now leave because the light has been turned on. And so, but that comes down to choice, right? Well, awareness, observation, and choice, and a lot of things.
but so I want to say one thing though, about this, just so there's an understanding when I was in the thick of my anxiety, do you know what I found out? Like I got to the pinnacle of like, you know, I'm holed up in my home. Hello. Like it doesn't get it. I mean, it might get worse than that. Terrors and PTSD and stuff like that. But what I discovered is that anxiety was put in place as a, um, defense mechanism so that I couldn't feel the feelings basically. So we call it anxiety and we think that's a feeling. That's not the actual feeling. There's something below that, that is the actual like body feeling of that thing. And so that anxiety literally was just like, don't go there. Like, do not come on the other side of this. And when I got to the top and I looked over that wall, there was nothing there. It was void, nothing. And I went, whoa, like, huh? I thought there was going to be an aha. I thought there was going to be a story, you know, like something that it was latent that I didn't know had happened to me, some sort of trauma, nothing Mm -hmm. that was just put up because I wasn't allowed to feel my emotions. So that's what anxiety is. It was that wall built a distraction from you facing Mm -hmm. it because then you could no longer have that story. And it's real, right? I mean, talk to anybody who's ever had a panic attack. Like my heart is racing, right? I mean, like it's physically happening. I feel disconnected from my body. Like it's, that's how strong this urge to not deal with our emotions. And everything we do is to not deal with our emotions. Eat, (laughs) oversleep, overconsume, whatever, food, alcohol, drugs, gambling, media, over busy, you know, everything. We're just constantly trying to not feel. And I'm saying, feel, feel all the things you will not fall apart. I promise you, you won't. Because once you feel all that, the distractions and all that can fade away and you can step into and live this joy. Is that what you're saying? A hundred percent. And the thing is, is it's always better, not as difficult as we think it's going to be. You know, we're so afraid to feel those feelings when you get there to actually feeling them, guess what? They're not that horrible. I know. They don't feel good at first, but each time you visit less and less and less and less and progress looks very little, but I promise you keep going to the well. Cause that well is on the other side of that. Well is the sweet spot is the present moment is this moment. Now the only one we're guaranteed literally. And so like being in that space, like I get to be there all the time. I mean, I cultivate it daily. I, you know, do all these practices to like get myself in that space, but it's legit. Like being in joy all day is our birthright. It's just so we don't ever talk about it. And most people don't experience it. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Is it, you said morning practices, but do you start with this visualization practice and feel it to get your mind and body the emo- What else are you doing to cultivate and stay in that space? So as important as I think that is, and also clearing the mind, which is what meditation is, that is the no thought space. And it is super important because we think way too much, 20 to 60,000 thoughts a day, way too many thoughts. Yeah. Um, and then the other piece that I, the other practice that I think is absolutely essential is reading or listening to something that speaks to you on a very deep level. I'm talking about things where you are like, I don't know why that's the truth, but it is my truth where you're like, 
I'm not, I couldn't have said it that way, but somehow that is getting to the essence, the deepest part of me. And I definitely want to tell your listeners, like, you know, this idea of thinking that I was the thoughts and the emotions, how I discovered that that wasn't the true was through a book called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. That book changed my life. Also the book, uh, The Seed of the Soul two of the most profound books I've ever read. And I continue to read on a regular basis and they continue to tell me more and more. That's how, you know, they're a deep level. If you could pick up a book and read it again and the information you can take in on an even deeper level every single time that is profound. But I learned from Eckhart that you, the reason that you are not your thoughts and that you are not your emotions is because you can think a thought and tell me what that thought is. You can have an emotion and name that emotion. So who is that that can name those things? That is actually who you are. That is the essence of who you are. This all-knowing, all-kindness, all-loving being, there is nothing you need do to have value, no certification, no success, no monetary, no nothing. Like right here, right now, you, you are valued because there is something that created you. You have the essence of that inside of you. Why would something that was that powerful create something less than? No way. No way. What advice would you give to somebody if they're sitting there going, well, I mean, this is great and all, but she found her joy. How am I supposed to find mine? Um, If whatever we're talking about speaks to you on some level, you are on the path. Keep seeking. If it's not me, if it's not you, there are plenty of teachers out there teaching all these very things in a way that other people can hear them. That's one of the things I loved about working with Mike Dooley. He said, I'm going to teach you these things and it's not proprietary because I know that you can reach people that I cannot reach, you know, and this is somebody who has a following of almost a million people, Mm -hmm. you know, like if he's saying that, then it's the truth. Find your person, find that person. They exist. Do not stop until you find it because you can be in joy right now, starting right now. You don't have to have anything. You could be in whatever, you know, people would think is non-successful or, you know, Uh, you know, not having all the things or even basic needs met, and you could still be in joy. It is a state of mind. It is a state of being. It is an internal path. And nobody can take that from you. Well, something I'd like to offer is I remember one of my first coaches, and I'll never forget this. And I I hear all the time and and sprinkles in different ways, but is to be childlike again. And because we've Mm. become too serious, But to be childlike again, I can go back when I was a very little girl. And that's why my mom always tells me, Heather, you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. Because when I was a very young girl, I used to have show, this imaginary show that I would talk to and I would make dinner for, and I was very animated. I wanted to be in front of the camera and I always wanted to be a teacher. Fast forward, who knew that it was going to come out in this avenue? But think about, go back to when you were a child. Did you love painting or singing or acting or crafting or, you know, what is that thing that you're just, or in the zone, you know, for athletes, maybe your athlete is the thing. And so the point is we all have it. We've all already experienced it. So it's just about tapping back into it. That's what I believe. 
Yeah. And even just like, as you were saying that, like even just laying down in the grass and looking up at the sky. I mean, I used to do that a lot as a kid, you know, looking at the clouds and trying to make them into shapes and, you know, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I even think back to like my twenties, you know, like, you know, me and a friend would just go, oh yeah, you know, we should go to, you know, Japan, (laughs) you know, like, oh, okay, let's save a little money and cruise. Right. We didn't have to plan for like a year and do all the things. It was like, what do we need for a ticket? What do we need for housing? Right. And so it's like that idea, like we get mired in these responsibilities. And I'm just here to say that those responsibilities are like brain made, you know, it's like, yeah, you do have a mortgage or whatever, or rent or whatever to pay. And it's not irresponsible to still have a good time and like create, you know, I think about my daughter, like she shows me all the time how to be in this world. She doesn't do anything unless it's fun. Like she literally, like her agenda a hundred percent is like, let's have fun. And this is what fun looks like to me. You know, am I saying ditch all the responsibilities? Absolutely not. But you can still have a good time doing all those things too. Yes. I love that. Children are great teachers. So question for you as the joy slinger, what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from our conversation? This is what I want people to hear on a very, very deep level. We, it is our birthright to be predominantly in joy. It is our birthright. If that is not the experience you are having, please seek. It is possible. It's not just me. It's not just Heather. It's not just some of these people that are spouting these things, you know, and And, you know, this idea is so funny because, you know, people are like, oh, that's so woo-woo. How do you talk to a corporate client? How do you do that? It's like, I just bring me and they either are in it or they're not in it. And the path looks different for everybody, but there are teachers everywhere and in every way. So just keep finding the book, finding the seminar, finding the documentary, finding the something because it is there for you. You just have to find that path. That's all. And it's not that hard. Just, it is, it's there. Look for the crumbs, the, the, what you seek. Yes. The messages are out there. That's what I'm saying. I'd love to wrap up the interview. I have a couple rapid fire questions for you. Great. What is a quote or motto that you live by? Ooh, interesting. I like the Gandhi, you know, be the, be, what does it be? The um, change you wish to see. Yeah. Be the change you wish to see in the world. I also love this idea. May I show love to every being in every way that I can in every how that I have and, you know, love, love that because I think that's why we're here, right? Is we want to be loved and, and love. I love that. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm always reading several right now. I'm reading this book, the soul of money, which is like seriously blowing my mind. Um, it's about like this idea of scarcity and sufficiency. Like how do we create sufficiency in our lives right now? And so that we're not after all these external things. Um, and also this give back, right? Because I know that in, um, as a huge, like the human experiences that we love to help people and be in service. And so how do we kind of combine those things and recognize the scarcity that's happening in our lives. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Uh, I would say, what would I give my younger self? 
I would say that um, lighten up, you know, like it's all going to work out. Yes. I love that. What a great note to end on. Erin, thank you so much for joining me. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for having. It's so important to have these conversations. It's so important. Thank you so much for having a platform for people to have these conversations. You have no idea how many people you're touching by doing this. And just like we are that like drop in the pond, you know, the rippling out thing. It's just, it's so profound. We just don't even know. We just don't get the feedback, but it is profound. If nobody's told you how important this is, it's important, really important. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.